Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Awesome Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with Wednesday, August 25th, MLB action. Joined once again by T. McBee, Terry McBride. Terry, my friend, how is it going? It looks like it's raining in Atlanta. Somewhere, somewhere in Atlanta. Somewhere in Atlanta, somebody had a drop fall on their head and they canceled the entire uh, baseball game and everybody went indoors, I think, for the uh, entire city. Yeah, that was an interesting one. I was telling you before the show, I only made two lineups today because I was scrambling all over town trying to get my computer fixed and uh, put Yankees in both of them just because I was hand building it on the fly. And uh, yep, so been a fun, wacky day for me, but uh, ready to talk about tomorrow and forget this one ever happened. Absolutely. And for for those of you, yes, I have said it, it. These theoretically will even out for us. This one should not have been an issue uh, at all. So that's that is the hard part. Um, we just have to move on. I had 30 percent Garrett Cole on DK, 11 percent Luke Voigt in about three to four percent total Yankee stacks. So. Just saying, I'm in the mix with you. I was I was telling Terry, I'm just going to have to act like Luke Voigt went uh, 0 for 4, and Garrett Cole had a bad outing. Last night, I had to go pick up my wife at the airport, so I did not get the Merrill Kelly late swap on the late slate. There, that one of, who, oh, who was it? Was it Sandoval? I forget who was going. One person went pretty negative last night, so I actually cashed a few on that two-game DK slate where I had. Merrill Kelly, because 46% of the field still had him. Framber right. Reyes, I think, got up close to 80%. And then I, uh, the Colorado guy was the one we wanted to target against. He had an okay outing. I think gave up one or two solo shots. Yeah. Uh, and then, But it was one of those that's like, yeah, lots of people cash. At one point, one of the people winning the contest had Merrill Kelly. <laughs> it was just like, Amazing. it's going to be one of those raw points nights, I guess. You just, yeah. depending where you get them. So weird it things just, it, happen. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just does go to show, too, what we talk about with that SP, too. Like, you know, some nights you just don't need a big score there. So if you're getting just enough out of one of these $5,500 guys we talk about or whatever, one of Emacs 510%ers, sometimes that's enough. So weird things happen. Yes, so Nelson P. from Canada, bienvenue. There you go. Although I don't think you're in Quebec. And I don't even know if that's, if that's hello in French. I think you had that right, at least. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll see. I know it's, I know uh, bienvenidos Spanish, and I know, I think it's bienvenue or something like that. My accent is horrible in any language. Bonjour is a nice French. Yes. Yeah, good day, hello. Mon dieu. Merde. That's what tonight is. That's what 2020 is. (laughs) All right. We are going to bounce around a little bit here. There is a lone 2 o'clock game. Uh, Terry, do you you want to throw out any thoughts there? Trevor Williams, Dallas Keuchel. So uh, Keuchel's probably the pitcher I would lean into more there. Uh, Williams is a guy who gives up a little bit of uh, power. Uh, Let's see, 1.67 home run per nine in 2019, 174 to righties. So maybe load up on some of the righty bats on the other side and uh, you know, play some uh, play some Dallas Keuchel as your pitcher. See what you can do to mix and match things through there. Keuchel, we know, is ground ball specialist, guy who doesn't typically rack up a lot of Ks, although we see it every now and again. He had that one big outlier game earlier in the year. I think it was like eight strikeouts that game. But typically you're just looking for him to limit runs against, limit contact and big hits against. He's uh, 57.4% ground ball rate so far this year, which is just stellar. 
Uh, that's actually down. He was uh, over 60% in 2019. So just gets a ton of ground balls, limits hard contact. So his thing is inducing soft contact, stay alive and uh, get through these hitters. I think he's got a good shot to do it here. So I would definitely ride Keitel and uh, ride some of those White Sox bats as best you can. All right. And we bring this up because there is going to be the, the double header for New York in Atlanta. They're going to run a four o'clock game here. If they go with uh, Tuesday night's pitchers, it'll be Garrett Cole and Ian Anderson. There may be something that goes together. Fortunately, we already broke Garrett Anderson down, or pardon me, Garrett Anderson, Garrett Cole down uh, previously. We've got some six o'clock games now. So this is going to get a little dicey as well because, hey, it's 2020 and that's just what happened. So DraftKings has gone to their their short format. So they're doing the pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders, two utility people for the six-game slate. We have Corbin and Nola as top-tier starters. We have Asher Wojciechowski as another starter. And then we have probable openers, Wilmer Font for Toronto being backed up by Yamaguchi. We have Curtis going for Tampa Bay being backed up by Trevor Richards. And then we have um, Colton Brewer going for Boston. Boston might go with... Uh, Hernandez after him. I say, Mike, these are all kind of guesses courtesy of DK. So Corbin and Nola worth talking about. Nola coming off an absolute disaster. You're probably familiar with that one. Um, <laughs> hey, I felt the pain too. So, but <laughs> misery loves company. Hey buddy, how you doing? You feeling the misery right now? So there, there we are on that. But um, in all honesty, Corbin, nice spot here. Uh, the, the Phillies lefties, Gregorius, Gregorius and um, and Harper are both good against other lefties, but Pat Corbin is just phenomenal. He would be the guy I would lean to, even over Nola. Um, I just like the spot a little bit better for him, but I it's not because he's going against lefties, because again, I point out the two lefties that are key are actually good against fellow lefties, particularly from a power standpoint. But I just, I like the where, where Corbin's at um, in all this. Nola, I, was it just kind of a disaster game yesterday? He he had no control. That was kind of the issue. He allowed two home runs. He was just up in the zone. Uh, he allowed three walks. Heading into this game in his prior four starts, he had four total walks. This just seems like it was one where he, quote, didn't have his stuff. Did you hear anything else about that or, or we're not worried about him harboring an injury or anything like that? It was just one of those games. Nothing that I've heard. Seems like just one of those nights you go out there and look, that's, that's what a guy's going to do in a normal season 10 times a year. That's a famous uh, pitching quote. You know, 10 times a year, you're going to have a great game. 10 times a year, you're going to have a shit game. And then the other 10 times is what's going to make your season. So this was one of his down games. It stands out more in a shorter season, of course, but you know, you're going to deal with it every now and then. I don't typically worry about Aaron Nola. He was pitching above his head, make no mistake. He's not the guy that he was the, those first outings, but nobody really is. I mean, he was, he was ridiculous, those outings. So I expect him to come back, be the pitcher that he normally is. So I'm not worried about him here. Uh, career 26.4% strikeout rate, very good at limiting home runs, just a tick under uh, one uh, home run per nine. Getting 46% whiff on his changeups, a very, very good pitch for him. Uh, uses a sinker 14% of the time. Gets 44% uh, grounders so far this year. Normally, he's a little closer to 50. So we'd like to see that, and that'll probably normalize as things uh, come come back in for him. Um, curveball usage was at 35%. Now it's at 24. He's throwing his changeup a little bit more. But the pitch mix was working for him going into that last game. So I expect that to continue. I expect him to put up a pretty good start. I really like Corbin on uh, on most slates. I think I might go the other way, though. I think I might lean in more into Nola just because I like the uh, matchup against the Nationals lineup a little bit better. They're a little bit lower end of a lineup for me. I think there's more quality high-end hitters in the uh, Phillies lineup. So I would probably lean into that. Uh, but uh, I do like the spot for Corbin, too. 23.5% uh, strikeout guy through his career. Only 103 uh, home, for, home run for nine. So another guy does a good job keeping the ball in the yard he's just an ace quality pitcher 46.7 percent whip on the slider that he throws 40 percent of the time he's allowing too much quality contact right now but he's been covering it with strikeouts uh he's sitting 27th uh, percentile on exit velo 37th and hard hit percent uh, hard hit rate uh 43rd percentile on x woba so you'd like to see those uh improve a little bit but those are numbers that he's normally a lot better in so those things should normalize i like him to have a good start here too yeah the other and one out of the Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
I was going to say the strikeouts for Corbin is 20 since the beginning of 2000 or last 1400 lefty righty matchups for him, 27 and a half percent strikeout rate, uh, uh, same time frame against uh, 350 lefty lefty matchups, 36%. Uh, it doesn't walk a lot of guys that kind of give for me, gives me a little bit of the edge, uh, over Nola, but I think we're really splitting hairs and, you know, would it surprise me if one is, you know, if the, you know, Either one could be the, your best guy on the slate. Both could Absolutely. melt down. You know, it's just one yeah, of those things. Minor, 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 minor differences there. And you're right. Corbin does probably have, if we were in Vegas, I think they would, he would have the higher uh, strikeout problem. Probably by half or maybe one. <laughs> it's really yeah, it going to be close. But... But, yeah, but I think he'd have it. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to call it out that way. Out of the guys that you named, I'm not really interested in uh, any of the openers. Um, so here's the pitch counts. So Colton yeah. Brewer probably would be the guy he is he has gone 71 19 and 73 so even though he's the opener his last one he was the starter and he went four innings so who knows why they're calling the whole opener thing this year is just weird um probable bulk guy for tampa uh trevor richards has gone 76 82 76 so he would be the other guy otherwise we're looking at you know uh Hernandez has gone probably could go about 40, but Wilmer Font, Curtis, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if those guys only go 20 pitches. Mm -hmm. We're talking one inning there. So you really want to be really careful, especially if you're playing anything that has two pitchers. Again, DraftKings format is just down to the one pitcher. Uh, but just the differentiation play, if you're going, it's probably going to be Brewer or Richards. And then now you need at least one to kind of die on the vine between Corbin and Nola, or both to have mediocre outings and then you collect the bats with your savings that have the raw point totals and that'll catch you up um to those guys so it's it's more game theory on this one than anything else yeah absolutely and out of those guys you know i think richard is the somewhat interesting he's got that uh, nasty little change up of his coming out of the bullpen so it's a really different look and he did that to the yankees a couple weeks ago um i forget who it was that started the game but he came in out of the bullpen and the Yanks had been rolling, and he just shut them down completely over four or five innings. So I like the chances that he could do that again here. Um, but like you were just saying, it's very much just a you're trying to cover that delta with your bats, and you're paying up, uh, you know, trying to get to some expensive bats by paying down a pitcher. But uh, I would definitely lean into either Corbin or Nola, I think, pretty hard. All right. Uh, reminder, we are sponsored here on the Early Bird Podcast by Yahoo. They do have some of their no management fee contests up. Some people have been asking me, I can never find them. You got to look the night before because they usually fill up. They're not making them too big. They have said they're going to come back hard with uh, with NFL. They're just sort of regrouping and getting everything ready. But they've still got a uh, $20,000 PGA contest this week. Uh, they've got about fifty k up right now in basketball for that, uh, I believe Wednesday's a three-game slate. And then we've got, uh, yeah, three-gamer starting at 4 o'clock. And then they've got uh, their MLB up as well. Uh, looks like they have about $25,000 in prize pool. So plenty of stuff out there to play. Nice thing about there, not a ton of mass multi-entry, but if you want to do it, hey, no problem. They do now have CSV upload as well as CSV edit. Uh, they have added that, uh, the CSV edit part since we've come back from the uh, sports hiatus. So definitely check that out. All right, on to our main slate here. Now here's where we have some some decent pitching. So Terry, I'm just gonna turn this over to you. Matt Clevenger, can he, can he have a Bieber-like performance? Or is it gonna be more Carlos Carrasco? And when the hell did the Indians get enough decent pitching that they're just like, yeah, Trevor Barrow, we don't really need you anymore. They're casting off decent pitchers too. Yeah, and if you're reading the uh, rumors, they might be doing that with Mr. Clevenger sooner rather than later, too. They are uh, still very unhappy with him. Uh, he was, uh, if you remember, he... Uh, oh, was the whole... Down didn't the mention that, oh, yeah, the guy you just sent home, I was with him. But I'm going to get on the team plane and hope nobody finds out and fly right. home. <laughs> right, which is really the big deal about what he did, right? He went out uh, for the night. It was with Plesak. They went out with a bunch of Plesak's friends. Police act got caught coming back. They made him drive home in a car uh, service and not get on the team plane. Clevenger didn't get caught, didn't say anything, got on the team plane. Idiot. Fortunately, they didn't, I guess, test. Uh, they didn't contract the virus, didn't give it to anybody else. So everything was fine there. Uh, but the team did send them away for disciplinary reasons. They've been down at the minor league facility, uh, both of them, since August 5th. Uh, so Clevenger hasn't pitched in a few weeks. I don't know what the leash is going to look like. I don't know what his stuff is going to look like. He's a guy who 
he dances around. If you ever watch him pitch, he kind of just shuffles around on the mound. His feet are constantly moving. He's constantly working with the ball and his gloves. So he's an uncomfortable kind of a guy anyway. I don't want to call him a head case because he's not that, but he's he's got issues, right? So if something throws him off, I don't know that I trust Clevenger. I like him a lot as a pitcher. He's an excellent, excellent pitcher, but I just don't know here. Uh, for the yeah. season, he was doing well. He was working in a new cutter before uh, before he went away. Had uh, 100% whiff on all 17 of them that he'd thrown so far in the, in the season. Um, decent strikeouts, gets a lot of whiffs. He was allowing a little bit of hard contact, but uh, nothing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tragic. So, picture I do usually like. I've got a full innings projection on him, so I've got a decent fan duel projection on him. But, I, again, I don't know if I trust it. No, and that's a really good point because his price really jumped out for me, and I, I was just getting so excited. Hey, we have another guy we can look to. 8900 So three weeks ago, when he last pitched on August 5th, he threw 102. The game before that, it was 88, and then it was 90. That's a lot to maintain. So I would think maybe something in not throwing in major league action, and he's good, and he's maybe potential trade value feels like maybe 80 pitches is something where you're saying, okay, I'd be happy with 80. Thrilled with anything above it. Probably could live with 70, but I really want 80. Now he's facing the um, the Twins, though. He did face them on uh, the 31st of July. Obviously, they've had a few people go on the DL still, but they kind of knocked him around. He's, he's st- stuck around for 20 batters, 88 pitches, did give up two home runs, um, five walks, was yeah. the problem. And then his next start, he had another five walks. Great outing because he just kept everybody off base outside of those walks and cleaned it up because uh, with, with uh, double plays uh, and strands because he didn't give up any runs of his seven base runners that made it. So, yes, thank you. This is why there's two of us, fresh eyes. This could be... This could be a tenuous spot. So if you use the fish perspective that I gave, you could be in trouble. Perhaps we'll listen to Terry a lot more than me on this one. But hey, I mean, look, Clevenger's a kind of he's the kind of pitcher that he could put up a good enough start over 80, 90 pitches where you're getting through a few handful of innings. You know, he can get to that win level. Uh, he can get through five with a handful of strikeouts at that point. He's more apt to throw 80 pitches in like three and a, three and two thirds innings, walk a few guys, and and burn through that pitch count. So I'd be really concerned with that. Um, tricky, you know. And when guys are in the training camps, the the offsite stuff, whatever, they're throwing simulated games, but it's not the same as game action. They'll be the first ones to tell you. So, yeah, I, I'm concerned there. All right, uh, the next one of anybody in 2020 who I thought would thrive as an opener. It was going to be Jose Perrios. But no, he's doing it reasonably, reasonably well as a starter. But compared to where he has been the last couple of years, the at least surface results are better. Now he's 8,200. He's going against Cleveland. You know, Terry and I like to talk about Cleveland. The top four guys are switch hitters. They can bounce. Fran Mel Reyes has great power against both sides of the plate. Luplo will be out. You know, put in Tyler Naquin or whoever it is that's going to be batting from the left side. So they'll they'll, they'll do their usual thing. But we are going to get some pitches here. 89, 84, 96, 98, 96, 75 in his first start. That feels good. Crooked numbers there for the strikeouts. 9, 7, 4, 6 in his last four. I like him. I, I like him as a, as a mediocre SP1 and a spendy SP2 kind of guy. Feels like about a 20 percenter because we have so many pitchers in action. But he's someone I definitely want to make sure is in my 150 lineups. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think that's smart, probably around the right percentage. Uh, really like the price at 82 on DK. I think you can get away with him as a inexpensive SP1. Uh, it's a matchup that I don't love, uh, but Luffy was talking about it just the other day when I was on uh, Live Before Lock with him. Uh, Cleveland's strikeout numbers against right-handed pitching are up. So you're getting some unexpected Ks out of uh, Cesar Hernandez, I think was one of the guys. And then you've got just a lot of strikeouts just naturally in the back end of this lineup when you get to Domingo Santana, 
Roberto Perez. Uh, Fran Mill strikes out a, a fair amount of the time. So there's a lot of strikeouts available here. And Barrios is the kind of guy, he can put up a good start here. I'm getting a pretty solid projection on him, uh, higher than I would have expected just in a vacuum against the Indians. I have to make some adjustments on the run totals. I'm just thinking through what I had a chance to do with my sheet after my computer recovered. So that might not be exactly where the projection is, but it's not going to have changed that much. So I like the spot for Barrios. I like it better on DK than I do at 9,000 on uh, FanDuel. Um, Overall, he's uh, getting 33% whiff on his curveball, 25% on his four-seamer, 27% on his changeup. So getting some swing and miss, you'd like to see one of those breaking pitches a little bit higher, but that's fine. Uh, uses his sinker 21% of the time. Um, doing a decent job uh, limiting hard hit and exit velo, uh, 58th percentile in uh, exit velo, 67th in hard hit. Uh, pretty good in uh, whiffs and K percentile, so pitching pretty well. It's a, it's a spot that I don't mind. Uh, the surface numbers might keep people off of him a little bit, as might that price as he kind of falls in between as an SP2, SP1. So we might see low ownership with the matchup with the surface numbers and with that. Could be a sneaky play tomorrow. All right. Uh, the next game, we've got uh, the Cubs at Detroit taking on the Tigers. You've got Michael Fulmer. Not interested in him at all on the season. 9.5 ERA, 2 uh, whip meaning two base runners allowed per innings. Uh, he does have 10 strikeouts in his 11 innings, but that's not worth the pain and suffering that he brings along with it. Basically, since the beginning of 2018, 40% hard hit right rate to righties and lefties. So even though he's cheap, he's a five percenter at best. John Lester, the magician, uh, his fantasy points disappeared in the last game. See what I did there? Professional. Uh -huh. Minus seven, uh, eight in the one before that, but then he had 19, 16, uh, and 16. So he's 9,000. He's going against Detroit. That is a desirable matchup. How are you feeling about Lester here? Yeah, I think we can get to, you know, maybe a little John Six Lester. Six home runs in the last uh, two games. Four of them, though, were to the red-hot White Sox. Yeah, and that's been – it's something I was going to cite. It's been you know, something of an issue that popped up for him over the last three years, really. His career home run per nine is 0 0.93, but uh, reverse order 1.3, 1.19, uh, 1.36 the last three years. He's given up seven in, two, in 26 and two-thirds innings this year. Uh, in 2019, it was 148 to right-handed hitters, uh, 147 in 2017. Strangely, in 2018, he gave up 175 to lefties. Uh, which is just kind of a weird one and kind of indicative of how home runs are a little bit weird and uh, not necessarily the only thing we want to focus on for pitchers. So he's giving up a ton of hard contact. Uh, he's giving up uh, his ex-woba is in the 20th percentile, not striking anybody out, not a great DFS option. So maybe I, maybe I take back that uh, we can get to a lot of them. Um, temper the expectation there going against the Tigers. They're somewhat capable of getting to righties like we've seen. I get decent-ish home run marks on some of these guys. So, yeah, maybe keep Lester down. His, uh, what's his price on DK? It's not popular. Uh, 92, I think it was. Yeah, that's high. Uh, 9,000 even. Yeah, a little, little high. There might be other guys in that tier. That's a, that's a guy I would definitely eyeball more in uh, Alex's top pitcher's tool tomorrow. See how uh, Alex is getting them. For me, it's not really popping as a spot. That that uh, price sounds a little matchups based. Just you know, on the surface, just Tigers. Uh, somebody might have made that price, but yeah, I don't hate Lester. Even Perfect. after we did to me last time. All right, our next one we have some nice pitching options here. Jake Degrom, we know what we're getting. He's got a matchup against the Marlins. Uh, 91, 98, 104, 88, 72 pitches in his starts. He's eleven thousand dollars, but again, arguably when healthy. Uh, one of the best guys that we can choose from. This is a terrific matchup. This one is in New York. On the other side, excellent price play here for Elicia Hernandez. He is 6,600 on DraftKings. He has some nice strikeouts. He had about one per nine, nine oh, pardon me, one per inning, just over nine per nine in his minor league career. This season, 25 in 19 innings. Uh, I'm fine with him at this price point. This is a desirable person I would target probably 30 per, up to 30 percent uh, I don't throw that one around lightly especially when we have so many pitching choices tonight but uh, he will make a lot of secondary or primary stacks look good if he's your sp2 that's an interesting one he's uh, he's off the board for me at 8200 on FanDuel 
maybe you know tiny if i get one two you know up to five lineups out of my 150 then fine whatever but uh, not a target for me really um 1.83 home runs per nine career uh 1.37 so far in 2020 but in 2019 it was 2.19 uh only 82 innings pitched of course uh, I noted the high strikeout ability in the minor leagues as well. So that's something we definitely like to see. And hopefully that, uh, that picks up for him uh, so far, 21.7 uh, in MLB. So decent, but upside, hopefully on the strikeouts, like you said, um, one nine Oh home run per nine for his career to left-handed hitters, one seven, five to righties. So if you're playing some Mets, which I would uh, even, you know, maybe build some uh, Eliza lineups on one side and then build some Mets stacks on the other. I would definitely take a peek at uh, some of those left-handed Mets. Gives up a lot of home runs, a lot of pop there. Uh, 17th percentile so far this year in exit below allowed, uh, but 57th in hard hit rate. 33 33rd percentile in barrels allowed. Uh, good ex-WOBA, uh, 80th percentile in ex-WOBA. So pitching okay. Um, you know, definitely, I think on DK, you can definitely get away with it as an SP2, like you said, at that, uh, at that uh, distribution. DeGrom on the other side. 10-7 on FanDuel, 11K on uh, DraftKings. Happy to pay it either way. No real issues there. We know he's a dominant ace. He's throwing harder than he ever has, um, which some guys, that's not great. But uh, for a back-to-back -back Cy Young Award winner, I'm fine with that. And despite throwing harder, he actually took the fastball usage down. Uh, it was around 49% last year. This year, it's more like 39. Throwing a few more change-ups. Uh, gets 41% whiff on his slider, 35 on his change-up. 33 on his fastball. I mean, it just goes on and on. Ton of swing and miss. Excellent strikeout pitcher. Uh, 100th percentile in fastball velo in the league. So just a guy you can roster with confidence. Not worried about the volunteer. All right. Let's talk about a guy you cannot roster with confidence. Mike Fires. How many starts of his six did he have more strikeouts than walks this season? I'm going to say none. Uh, two. All right. <laughs> However, here we here we go. Start one, zero zero. Start two, one walk, three strikeouts. Start three and four, two of each. Start uh, five, one walk, four strikeouts. And his last start, three walks, three strikeouts. I also want to point out he owns two no hitters, and he is among the top seven in home runs allowed. I haven't looked it up this week, but top seven allowed since the beginning of 2018. Uh, Bund, uh, Bundy was just caught. He was our number one guy. Um, Somebody got him. <laughs> uh, the Detroit lefty. Uh, I'm oh, uh, Tyler. Uh... No, Floyd. Lloyd. Who, why oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew Boyd. Boyd, thank you. Oh, boy. The talk of... Now you guys know how my brain stores stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I had, I had it close. There was a Y-O-T <laughs> on it somewhere. Oh, boy. Goodness, goodness, goodness. But there, there we go. Promise the numbers are correct. The names the names are starting to go a little bit here uh, on that one. But, yeah, I really don't want any part of him until you remember he's going against Texas. This is in Texas. We think the roof may be closed, uh, as it has been all but one game so, or all but one or two games so far this season. He is kind of in the mix as an SP2. You're hoping he survives against what appears to be a really bad offense. Kobe Allard on the other side, negative performances in his last two. One in Colorado, we'll give that to him. One in Seattle, no, 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 no. We're not giving that one to him. I uh, don't want any part of Kobe Allard. Yeah, very much with you. Um, I think on both pitchers, um, Fires, uh, the thing I had noted in, in addition to those walks, and uh, you mentioned that he's one of the leaders in giving up home runs. So he's given up seven home runs so far in 31 innings this year. Just ugly, ugly. Uh, home run to not, home run per nine to right-handed hitters each of the last three years was above 1.80. So he's just a guy who gets rocked. Uh, Same-handed hitters can be dangerous to him here. So you can roster some of the Todd Frazier's, the Danny Santana's of the world uh, if you want to get into uh, some Texas stacks along with those, uh, those powerful lefties that Texas has. So I don't love rolling out Texas offense that much, but I think we can even do it and stack some, uh, stack some Rangers here. Joey Gallo even fires might be able to strike Joey Gallo out three times in a game, but Joey Gallo's also got a good shot at hitting three home runs against him tomorrow. So I think we can get to some Ranger stacks here. I think you can get to some A stacks on the other side for sure. Uh, load up against Kobe Allard. He is just, he's not ready or he's well, he's probably going to be a never was type of guy. He was a prospect. And 
has pitched a decent amount at this point, and uh, I just don't think he's uh, going to be there. He didn't get out of the first the last time around. Career, he's a 15.8% uh, strikeout, 9.2% walk. He's generating 22% soft contact. If we want to throw something his way, that's a decent little soft contact number. Uh, just about 26% uh, whiff on his cutter, which is his best swing and miss pitch, so not much to see there. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can get to some of those uh, A's bats for sure here. All right, here's the home run list. Boyd, uh, this is since the beginning of 2018. Anybody has 350 or more innings. Boyd, 74. Bundy, 74. Fire, 69. Verlander, 66. However, he's got 60 or 70 more innings than the four guys above, or three guys above him. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So just saying, let's not hurt that uh, uh, with Verlander. And then yeah, you... one of these things is not like the other on that list for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's allowed one more home run in 90 more innings than J.A. Happ. Uh, same thing with Junis. Uh, he has 80 more innings and allowed one more home run. <laughs> so <laughs> That's unreal. A little bit of context. All right, moving on here to our next game. Uh, Cincinnati at Milwaukee. Another good pitching uh, opportunity here. You've got Sunny Gray at 8,800 on DK. 99, 110, 101, 102, 92, and 90 for his pitches. Um, it's been pointed out that uh, Milwaukee, uh, Alex pointed it out on the show tonight, they're not quite the same team that they were last year. You know, um, not that it matters, but, you know, no more Eric Thames for power. You don't have uh, Mike Moustakis in the mix anymore. You, um uh, Lorenzo Kane is sitting out for the season. Ryan Braun, yet another year older, uh, etc. They they're okay at at you know with with Yelich and Avisal Garcia and a couple other guys, but it's it's just it's not as daunting uh, as they were kind of last year and then the year before. So just wanted to point that out. Sonny Gray on the season two point two ERA point nine eight whip and then the best part 51 strikeouts in 36 innings i know those are not the fancy advanced metrics those are some phenomenal numbers for 8800 and then you got adrian hauser he is pretty good at the strikeouts himself struggling a tiny bit this year with them remember he's got that am i a starter am i a bullpen guy um him and uh corbin burns uh, etc on, on milwaukee but he's got 21 k's in 29 innings I don't mind him going against Cincinnati at 7,700. you got to play two pitchers there. Um, what do you want to do with these guys? Sonny Gray feels like he'll probably be 40 to 45% uh, from in the field just from that price point and maybe tempered down a little bit because there's you know 20 teams in action. But Yeah, I would monitor what the field is doing with Sonny. He's a pitcher I like, but uh, there are probably some other options in that spendy uh, kind of range. So see where the field is at and then make a decision either under or over. And I could get behind either argument, to be quite honest. I get a good projection on him in this matchup. Like you said, these aren't the same brewers as we've seen over the last few years. And there are strikeouts in that lineup for sure. Uh, except, dealing... for, except for Eric Sogard. He's gonna get right. he's gonna get sixteen pitches in his first at bat <laughs> and ruin ruin the night for Sonny Gray. Yeah. And that's the Sonny is the kind of guy who that will ruin his night. It'll get in his head and eat away at him. But yeah, that, you know, other than that, there are strikeouts available here for sure. So I do like uh, the night for Sonny. Uh, I like the price a lot better on DK than I like it on FanDuel at 10-2. Uh, but I think I'm willing to pay 10-2 for Sonny on FanDuel, and I think that might keep people off of him. So he might go under-owned on FanDuel. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing what Alex sees with that one in the uh, top pitchers tool tomorrow for sure. Uh, overall, 34.9% uh, strikeouts in 2020 so far, up from his uh, career-high 28.9% last year. So pitching very, very well. Everything in the StatCast little meters here is uh, in the middle or uh, to mostly to the top right-hand side. So everything is uh, quality. 66 percentile on exit velo 56th in a hard hit those are probably the two worst 93rd percentile in k rate 74th in uh whiff rate uh 66 percentile in x woba so just pitching dynamite uh 51 percent whiff on his slider so far this year 
I was just poking around to see if he had changed anything over the last two years to get these upticks, and it really doesn't seem that he's done much. He's added a little bit of spin to a couple of his pitches, but not all of that much that you would think it may would make a big difference. But it is. He's just he's flat pitching better. Um, you know, he was good pitcher out in Oakland, came to New York, had some struggles, went out there, and, and now he's pitching very, very well. So I think we can trust him here. I, Hauser on the other side, I do like as well. Uh, only 7,000 on FanDuel. That's a pitcher I can roll out some small uh, ownership shares on FanDuel for sure. I don't get nearly as good a projection on him. I think the Reds lineup is definitely better than the Brewers lineup. But I think we can absolutely utilize some Hauser here. Um, like you said, he's uh, – 22.6% strikeout rate for his career, only 1.04 home run per nine. So he keeps the ball in the yard, keeps it on the ground. 66% ground ball rate so far this year, which is astronomical. Uh, so doing an excellent job keeping it on the ground, usually in like the low 50s over his career. Uh, so he's very good at it. He's got demonstrable success at doing that. Using a sinker 44% of the time, 94 mile an hour power sinker. Uh, only 20% whiff on his breaking stuff. So you'd like to see that go up and he could pick up more strikeouts that way if he's able to do it. Uh, but he's a pitcher I like, you know, I'd, I'd probably roll out some Cincinnati stacks on the other side to offset it, but I do like the spot. All right. Our next one's kind of interesting. So I know you've got some opinions here about Dakota Hudson uh, and his, his hard hit rate and high ground ball rate doesn't really mesh as much because if they can get the ball in the air, it goes out of the yard. So that's one where it's it's hard to know what to do with him. And then on the other side, we've got Mr. Flyball himself, Jake Junis, coming off of the DL, dealing with the sore back or with back spasms. Uh, you may remember I already mentioned him once. He was the sixth most home runs allowed since the beginning of the 2018 season. I will give him this. While he does allow the home runs, he usually does it without a lot of base runners on. So it's he's... I still hold him in the, yeah, I'd rather go against him, but it, this is kind of the Brett Anderson, Martin Perez uh, category, Wade Miley, where you think of the name and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get this guy. And then you go back and look and you're like, oh, he just mostly gives up the home runs. That's not, that's not going to help my stack. My one-offs, yes, especially if other people are stacking that team then you get the benefit and they they don't, right? So that's sort of your game theory approach on this one. But you, Junis is a guy I'm comfortable going against um, because there is also that Kansas City bullpen after. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. I think that's a good call about maybe this is a game you look to for some one-offs. Uh, or maybe if you're, if you're stacking, maybe this is where you grab your shorter stack, uh, your three-man on DK. Uh, maybe, you know, play a, a grab two hitters from this on FanDuel and play like a 4-2-2. There's different things you can do with it. But yeah, once you get out to extending it to four or five hitters, then his ability to limit the walks comes into play. His ability to somewhat limit base runners. For his career, he's only six and a half percent walks, so pretty good walk rate. Uh, 1.80 career uh, home run per nine to right-handed hitters, though. So even in a same-handed matchup, you can load up some of these right-handed cards. We know that Goldschmidt and Tyler O'Neill are the two big power bats in this lineup. So the two big power hitters are going against the guy who yields a lot of home runs and yields a lot of them to righties that could be an interesting spot. Uh, they're both pretty cheap on FanDuel, as everybody is. On DK, uh, O'Neill's only 3,100. Goldschmidt's 47, but that's certainly affordable over there with some of the pitching discounts. Uh, so I like that play. I, I definitely think he could do that with some cards. I do get an okay projection for the money on uh, Junis coming the other way. Uh, there are some strikeouts in this Cardinals lineup. Uh, O'Neill is one of those guys who is a treat through treat. Let me take that again. O'Neill is one of those guys who is a true three outcomes hitter. Um, strikes out around you know 30% of the time overall. Overall, So there are a few Ks in there uh, if he can get them. But uh, overall, he's just not a pitcher I really like. Giving up a lot of hard contact. Giving up uh, not striking anybody out really. Uh, third percentile in K rate. Fourth percentile in whiff rate over, the, over this year. So not a pitcher I love. Hudson on the other side. Uh, probably not somebody I'm going to either. Career 408 XFIP kind of surprised me when I saw that. And as did his innings pitch, I didn't realize he was up to 702 and two thirds innings already. He had, I didn't think he had thrown that much. So just not Doesn't a it feel like he really just came on last year, maybe the year before? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I, and then I saw that and I was really surprised. A lot of like 50 inning years in there and, you know, just in different rotations or different, I guess, out of the bullpen in some spots. But uh, yeah, surprised me, but not a big strikeout guy. Um, needs to keep the ball on the ground. Uh, gives up fly balls, though, on too many of his pitches. 
39% whiff on his curveball, so he's got a decent curveball. Uh, using his sinker around 30 percent uh, of the time, but people are hitting it ninth uh, percentile in exit velo, ninth percentile in hard hit rate, 45th percentile in ex woba, 31st percentile in barrels. So I think this is a pitcher we can target. We've seen the Royals do it. We've seen them uh, produce some upside. There's a couple hitters in that lineup that are good at limiting the strikeouts. So even uh, against them, not a strikeout pitcher, that is an even uh, bigger take against him there. And then you can roll out some of the Whit Merrifields, the Jorge Solers, maybe a Ryan O'Hearn, a Michael Franco, and Alex Gordon here. There are some spots that we can get to, and they're not expensive. So that's a team, limited amount, that we can roll out some, uh, maybe some stacks with. All right, so we're on to our 9 o'clock slate. Uh, it's going to be a nice four-gamer here on DK, it looks like. I'm assuming they'll include that 9 o'clock one. Maybe they'll just go with the three at 9.40. San Diego and the Mariners. If you haven't noticed yet, Terry... Four runs already allowed by uh, Paddock. We are in the second inning. The Mariners, we don't know what to do with them. We don't know what to do with them. However, I'm very comfortable with Denilson Lamette. Uh, I do like uh, strikeouts 9, 8, and 11 in his last three starts. He's been very, very, very economical. 97, 81, 83 pitches in those starts. So he's just pounding the zone. Uh, but he has been phenomenal on the season. On the other side, we have Tywan Walker, who is going, uh, he went 106 pitches in his last outing. That was a high. Uh, knock on wood, he's still healthy. 106, 98, 69, 94, and 67 pitches. He, uh, oh, this was part of the, oh, we looked, we've looked this up before. He and Cattell Marte went for, I can't even remember, I remember now. Who came back. Mediocre player that's not even with the Mariners at this point, and then a guy who, made it like two years in the league and was out in 2018 but walker had a had one good year with arizona and then was hurt the better part of the next three seasons so he's kind of almost a reclamation project but this is where he spent the bulk of his uh you know formative years farm years and stuff was with the mariners so he's an okay pitcher it's slam diego i'm just gonna keep saying that but uh, at this price, 7,100, I'm okay risking it against that righty-heavy lineup and just hoping he gets some strikeouts. Yeah, I think he can do it as a DK uh, SP2 uh, over there, 7,100. That's, that's reasonable enough. Um, he's not a pitcher I love or trust, really, but, uh, and I'm not getting a great projection on him. But in that kind of a spot to roll him out the way that you do and the way that you talk about, I think we can definitely do it. Um, 21.4% strikeout for his career, 7.3% uh, walk, 125 home run for nine, uh, 142 to left-handed hitters. So if you're going against him, look to some of those lefties, and that could be a little sneaky in that Padres lineup. Eric Hosmer doesn't get much respect. Uh, Cronenworth is a name that I heard for the first time the other day, I think, when he hit a grand slam. So no, Cronenberg. Um, Trent Grisham is another big lefty in there. And then you can load up those righty bats. Uh, you know, we know that there's power in those righty bats too. So I think we can take the other side here, but I don't mind uh, some Walker uh, throwing 22% of the time using a cutter. That wasn't really a pitch for him in 2018, uh, throwing a sinker 13% of the time uh, throws a splitter. Uh, the, his changeup is a splitter. Basically doesn't get more than 25% whiff on any of his pitches. So I'm a little concerned about that limited strikeout ability. But again, the price is right. We can do it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to go nuts there. The other side is definitely a pitcher that I like to uh, to roster and uh, like to go after. Lamette is just one of my guys. Uh, he's one of my. I bring up my dynasty team a lot. He's one of my dynasty team uh, guys from a ways back. So striking out for his career, 31.1% of hitters, walking a few too many at 10.2% over his career, a couple too many home runs, one three five. But uh, what I like to see is his innings total is now at. 220 and two thirds innings, which is essentially one season, full season of MLB work. In that one full season, he has, uh, like I said, struck out 31.1% of hitters. So he is a ace. He is a guy that we would absolutely know and be rostering probably at prices higher than we're still paying for him if he had had a full career. This is who this kid is. He is going to strike out a lot of hitters most times out there. So I think we're still getting a discount on him at 9,300 against the Mariners on fans. I think we're definitely getting a discount on him on 8,600 on DraftKings. This is a guy I would absolutely load up on. I think he's going to be shockingly popular tomorrow at that price, uh, and I don't mind paying it, and I don't mind getting to him. Um, monitor that during the day in the top starters tool. It's going to be an important factor in using him tomorrow and how much you can use him tomorrow is how much the public is because I think he's going to be super popular. 
All right, I had to pull up that trade one more time, I, and I I found an even better article that was written like two years after the deal. So it was uh, it was Taiwan Walker and throw in Cattell Marte going for Gene Segura and Mitch Haniger for the Mariners. So That's Segura right. and Haniger both made the All Star game that next year in 2018 uh, for the Mariners. Haniger's great against lefties. He's been hurt like pretty much ever since. He's not playing this season. He was hurt for, if not all of last season, the vast majority of it. Yeah. And then Gene Segura was okay for the Mariners. He's now off with uh, Philly. Um, but when they traded Marte, this is the interesting part. He had 582 minor league games with 17 home runs. He then was called up for the Mariners, and in 172 games, he had three home runs. Wow. So it, then it says uh, his first year in Arizona, he hit five. The second year, he hit 14. And then this article is from two years ago, uh, 20 through 80 games. So talk That's about a late developing player. Wow, yes. That yes. is dramatic. The, who they have now is not who they traded for. <laughs> no, definitely not. Wow, that is it. I mean, talk about a success story with just the kind of a throw-in player at that point. Well, That's if I, real. as this Mariners fan is trying to remember, I think that was uh, Chris Taylor was also kind of the shortstop as well. And then he ended up, he was okay okay against lefties and he could play a little outfield. And then he ended up on the Dodgers and has been a mainstay as one of their utility guys since. So it's like, geez, come on. God, that is just unreal that he was that limited though. I didn't know that. I didn't really, I knew he came, I remember him coming out of nowhere kind of. I had never really heard his name very much. And then he kind of exploded with Arizona. But wow, I didn't realize it was that stark. That's, I mean, 500 minor league games, 570. That's a lot of minor league games. I mean, that's enough to establish your numbers for sure. And yeah. you're seeing three, four plate appearances at least in those in each of those games. That's You're talking about 2,000 plate appearances. Pretty crazy. crazy. All right, Colorado, Arizona. We love fun with, with names. We had Sonny Gray. Now we've got John Gray taking on Robbie Ray. Nice price points here. The roof will be open again on Wednesday. It's going to be closed for their getaway day on Thursday. John Gray at 6200 I'm completely fine with. Uh, I will actually actively target him. I'm okay with that. Again, these are pricing plays, but that's probably about 1000 less than it should be. Um, is he going to have a dominant outing? Probably not. Minus six uh, against the Dodgers. 25 at home against Texas. Minus 12 at home against Arizona, uh, etc. But we know when he's away from Coors Field, he's a pretty good pitcher. Uh, on the other side, you have Robbie Ray, who well, I could almost ask the question, how many games has he had more strikeouts than walks uh, with this one? He has tied his career high twice already this season with six walk games. He's coming off a five-walk game where he had eight strikeouts. You're getting the Nuke Lelouch for a very nice 6,900 here. I'm okay with him as well. We are playing with fire on these, but I'm hoping variance is going to be on my side. And it's these price points. If they were, uh, you know, if Ray or or Gray was another thousand, twelve hundred more, I'd be saying, ah, these are probably like ten percent guys. I might go as high as twenty. I'll probably cap them at twenty and see what happens uh, when I build out my lineup. But this is going to get some flexibility for Degrom and, and etc. So just wanted to talk about that uh, yeah. volatility because yeah, we- their raw numbers. <laughs> yeah and and look i've, I've talked about it a, a couple times robbie ray is just not a guy i ever trust sometimes you have to roster him for sure because the strikeouts are there the strikeouts are very real but he might actually be the most nuclear pitcher we had we've used that a few times and i think it is most appropriate for robbie ray right now because he just walks the world and you said it six six walks eight strikeouts like yeah, all right, if he's balancing that out, doesn't give any, up any home runs, and then uh, you know manages to strand some of those runners, then you get the good start. A lot of times you get the bad start where those walks come back to really, really haunt him. So tough ask, but yeah, 7,200 on FanDuel. I get an okay enough projection that I can even play him on the one-pitcher site. Definitely can roll him out at 69 uh, on the uh, two-pitcher sites. Taking on the Rockies lineup on the road, not a team that we worry too, too much about when they're away from cores. There are good hitters here. Story, Arenado, both can turn around on a uh, on a mediocre lefty if he's throwing the ball in the zone at all. But there's some strikeouts. There's some swing and miss in this lineup for sure. Um, you know, even Orion McMahon is a guy I like to roll out lefty-lefty because he's sneaky good lefty-lefty. So if you're building the Colorado stacks, don't leave him out. Um, 
but then jumping to gray on the other side is Colorado's pitcher. It's funny that you mentioned that we uh, know that he's better away from Coors as, uh, as opposed to at Coors in uh, 335 innings at home. He's allowed 41 home runs in 336 innings on the road. He's allowed 41 home runs in those same innings at home. He has a four five Oh ERA on the road. He has a four five eight ERA. I didn't have the XFIP numbers handy, so I couldn't pull those, but he's actually a very similar pitcher according to that on the road and at home, which is interesting. I'm not sure what it means because he's not great in either spot, but at 6,200, I think we can definitely roll him out. Like you were saying, and I think I would definitely be comfy in that like 20% range over on DK. 6700 I'm getting the better projection out of these two guys on gray than I am on uh than I am on Ray so I think we can roll them out on FanDuel as well I don't know what we're going to do with the savings but we can find a way to spend it maybe just build the lineup of entire just all random hitters and spend as much as you can on bats not a good strategy but it's a way you can spend all your salary if that's your big concern I think we can definitely roster both pitches before we had like readily available mass multi-entry tools i used to go build every night one lineup of players i thought had the ability to hit two home runs <laughs> so basically it would be like both chris davis uh yeah you know it'd be it'd be stuff like that uh uh not trevor story uh tulowitzki it would just it would just be like literally you do it uh, uh prince fielder right. guys like that where you're just like okay Let's see what happens. And it's just, it was kind of just an interesting way to do it. My so, first win of any consequence was hand built in the Lincoln Tunnel on my way back from work in the city uh, That with that exact same strategy. <laughs> it was all random hitters and it won me uh, not a ridiculous amount of money, but it was uh, my first of any uh, real consequence. It was uh, an interesting lineup from my perspective today. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Very nice. So here's, here's the quote. This is uh, the, the manager from the Durham Bulls and, and Larry, the, his bench coach. Uh, the manager says he walked 18. Larry says new league record struck out 18. Also another new league record. In addition, he hit three sports writers, the public address announcer and the bull mascot twice. Also new league records. I love that quote. So good. Candlesticks are nice. Uh, all right. On my to favorite moment in that, just that, that meeting on the mound. It's the way that Costner tells him everything that's going on and the way he just processes. We're working through a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. Um, Coors West, Clayton Kershaw, 10,200 going against Kevin Gaussman, 6,200. Uh, first inning for the Dodgers. They already have a three-run shot from Max Muncy against Johnny Cueto on Tuesday night. Uh, Kevin Gaussman, I'm okay with the 6,400. He'll be in the mix. I feel about the same um, as him. It's a tough matchup against the Dodgers, but I, I put him in that exact same category as John Gray and Robbie Ray. Guy's got some strikeout stuff. His issue, playing with one of the best lineups in the league at potentially, you know, with juice balls. We don't know that for sure, allegedly. Some people are saying, I've heard, Terry, that they could be using some juice balls there in uh, San Francisco. But that price is just going to be like, all right, and this is where we talk about the mixing and matching of all these different ones. I'm trying to strike the perfect combination of the two pitchers that do well, and then ideally have one, if not two stacks that go with them. And by building a lot of lineups and having, you know, a bunch of these pitchers in the, the 15, 20, 30% range, that'll mix up a lot of different combinations. And that's just what I'm hoping for. So uh, Alex talked a lot about that to, on tonight's show, even though it was a more abbreviated show. And he said on nights where uh, we have a, a lot of teams like this, the odds are that there's going to be one or two really good stacks that go off. We just don't know who they're going to be. And if you can capture those and then nobody else really does well, you can really race up the leaderboards. So this is all about setting yourself up to have that not crazy lineup, but like today I'm, I'm looking at my currently winning. I'm knock on wood. I'm probably going to profit a little bit tonight, which is fine, you know, 10 or 20%, but I had 30% Garrett Cole, but I've, I've mapped things out and I've done a bunch of different combinations. So it's going to help me here survive the, the last uh, surprise rain out that we had. I didn't have quite that much of the pit. I had mostly hitters uh, from that game because it was a good hitting matchup. And I, I ended up only losing 15% of, of, or 20% of my buy-in. So close to break even. So I'm kind of on the other side of that tonight, but I just want to kind of demonstrate when we say ah, I'm losing a little or I'm winning a little, that's kind, that's kind of what we mean is, you know, in that, that 20 to, to 20% range. 
we, I get excited when I double up or triple up. The rest of the time, you just kind of tread water until you have those, you know, those good five, six, seven X nights, you know, every other week or something. So just yeah. perspective, but yeah. take it away. Kershaw Gaussman. Yeah. So in addition to what you were saying about using Gaussman to, uh, you know, create some space and differentiate that way, I think you're also going to differentiate a little bit because I think a lot of people will go to the Dodgers as the payup stack. So they'll be paying down for a different pitcher and then using this team against the pitcher that you'll be rostering in that spot. So you're kind of doubling up on your on the ways that you're getting different with that play. So I like that. I think that's actually quite sharp. 6,400 is not a big price at all for him on, uh, on DK. And he's pitching well enough. You know, he's not likely to shut this team down completely, but he could put up an, a serviceable enough start. Uh, for his career, he's a 22% strikeout rate, 7% walk exactly on both. Uh, 1.27 career home run per nine, uh, 137 to right-handed hitters. Uh, right now, he's throwing almost entirely a uh, four-seamer and a splitter mix. He's getting 43% whiff on the splitter. So he can keep these guys on their toes a little bit by changing speeds, by having a pitch that dives off the table when they're expecting it to come in straight. Getting good uh, results in hard hits, uh, 60th percentile in exit below, 62nd in hard hit rate, uh, 84th percentile in K rate, uh, 80th percentile in whiff rate. Very, very good. Uh, so you know, it's, it's what we want to see when we're making that decision to make that play. The numbers are there to support it for sure. Um, 8,000 on FanDuel. I'm not sure I would pay that price tag. I'm not getting a good projection on them overall. High teens-ish kind of projection for FanDuel. So you're not going to get the quality start either. That's the hard part. And yeah, exactly. So that's you're you're going to be needing that bonus, especially with a lot of really good pitchers going tomorrow. Somebody's going to be hitting that, so you're going to need that accelerator. Yeah, and uh, he's only com- he's completed the sixth inning once this season. That's it. This will also be the third time he's faced the Dodgers. But remember, the first time was the 24th. That was the opening. was an opening night because Cueto started. So it was the, the like second or third game. Yeah. And then he faced them on the fourth. But So that's 20 days ago. So oh, I'm sorry. Was it the fourth? I'm sorry, the ninth. So still two weeks ago. So it's not like it was just the last homestand. So I'm not going to worry about that at all. I just wanted to point that out, though. Yeah, good call. So uh, I think on the other side of this, we can get to uh, to Kershaw for sure. Um, despite uh, you know our worries about uh, about Coors, I think uh, he's enough uh, of a pedigree that we can trust him to overcome that. Uh, 10-2 on DraftKings, not uh, not a tragic price. 10-7 on FanDuel, you're definitely getting up in the uh, expensive range. But I have a very very nice projection on him, and he's pitching well. Uh, he's throwing a fastball at 92, which is right where it's been, so he's not lost his velocity, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, throwing a few uh, extra sliders this year, uh, you know, doing very good, uh, 43% whiff on the slider. So dominant pitch for him, 27.6% uh, strikeout guy over his uh, entire career. We know that Kershaw is an ACE level pitcher over his uh, career history this year. He's uh, in the 86th percentile in strikeout rate, 80th percentile in whiff rate. So it's nice to see that those are still there for him. 83rd percentile in fastball spin. So he's got a very good effective fastball right now. Uh, the hard hit in the exit velo, he's uh, 34th percentile and 25th percentile. So you'd like to see those improve a little bit, but that just means he's given up a few, uh, you know, a few random uh, pieces of quality contact. I think we can trust him against this Giants lineup. There's not a lot to love here. So I think we're going to see a lot of Kershaw with some Dodgers bats in a lot of lineups. Uh, and I'm confident rolling him out on either side. All right. That gets us through the slate. I think we hit everybody in there with that. Uh, one more, I think. The, Yan- the Yankees. Oh no, that Astros game is canceled, isn't it? Yeah, the Astros game is not these. And this is where it's just confusing. And the Yankees you're going to see on DK, but they've already flagged it because it's the it's a doubleheader. They've when they created their their contest, it wasn't going to be a doubleheader. They've pulled it out because it's only a seven inning game. Which, but they've made other contests with it as seven inning games on small sites. I have no idea what anybody's doing, but. They have at least flagged it and announced it and put it at 945 and made everybody turn red. So there you go. And that's why Emac wishes everyone good luck at the end of the show. <laughs> good luck figuring this out. Tomorrow. That's right. That's right. So that gets us there. But check out, we've got uh, wall-to-wall uh, information tomorrow on, or today if you're listening to this in the morning, on for Wednesday, you're going to get the DFS NBA strategy show followed by the MLB strategy show followed by the live before lock NBA. I believe it's 4:30 tip on Wednesday. Let me just verify that real quick, and then you're going to get live before lock hour before MLB. 
uh, tip Wednesday. We've got a four o'clock game, Orlando at Milwaukee. That will be game five. Uh, then we have game four, game five as well for Oklahoma at Houston. That's at 6.30. And then Portland and the Lakers are your late night hammer at nine o'clock. Damian Lillard has already been ruled out with a knee issue. So um, that will be the Lakers likely putting a bow on the season and moving on. But with that, gamers, good luck. <laughs>